Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, a quick note about ads from us, your hosts. We are picky about our advertisers and all of our partners or brands or products that we either use ourselves or that we think our audience would benefit from knowing about. Working with advertisers is what allows us to make this show and they keep working with us because you, our listeners, use the unique links and codes they provide. It's one of the most meaningful ways to support what we do. So thanks for that. We're really, really grateful. If you're ever looking for a specific code, head to a thing or two hq.com slash sponsors and you'll find them all. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything really, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. Join our Geneva. It's a lot more of this kind of chatter, but with so many fun friends. Um, oh my gosh. Speaking of Geneva, mm-hmm. can we discuss that a recent episode we discussed covered Wagon Corps? Lo and behold, Claire, we learned from from McNeil on our Geneva that we released it on Pioneer Day in Utah. I was so proud of us. As we reference on practically every episode, we record these episodes sometimes too far in advance to really time things appropriately, but we knocked this one out of the park. We also just have no idea about state holidays in Utah, turns out. Mm-hmm. But apparently this celebrates the first Mormon settlers entry into Salt Lake City Valley. And apparently also per McNeil, Pioneer Day is known as Pie and Beer Day, obviously. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the pioneer culture is just like very big deal around mm-hmm. here. And yeah, they're like, it's like got all of the it's got all of the things and also just a general sense of industriousness and creativity a very serious quilting convention, et cetera. Somebody else DM'd us about it. Erin on Instagram says, (laughs) so first of all, congrats on doing this episode on Pioneer Day. July 24, 1847 was when the Mormon pioneers made it to the Salt Lake Valley. It's still a thing in Utah to get dressed up and do reenactments of the Trek West. Bonnets, aprons, the whole thing. For forever, my East Coast friends have made fun of me for it, but I know they were also secretly jealous of what they call my pioneer skills. These were random things I knew how to do because my family just did them growing up, making jam slash pickles slash fruit leather, 
we had a lot of fruit trees in our backyard and you got to do something with 30 bushels of apricot. I do think fruit leather is incredibly covered wagon core. I think when we were having a conversation about jam versus, mm-hmm. I think fruit jam mm-hmm. is cottage core. Cottage core. Fruit leather is yes. covered wagon core. I think that's accurate. Okay. Continue, please. Sorry. Quilt making, sewing, knowing how to shoot a gun or use a butterfly knife or tie a fly for fly fishing, knowing which plants are poisonous, absolutely covered wagon core, especially if you can do it without an app on your phone. Pressing flowers, cottage core, knowing which plants are poisonous, covered wagon core. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which ones you can dye your clothes with? Natural dyeing is having a major Instagram moment these days. Orienteering, (gasps) love. You know what orienteering is? We talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it as a potential gift last year, (laughs) an orienteering course. (laughs) We did? Oh, right, 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 right. (laughs) Because REI Mm -hmm. offers them. (laughs) Barrel racing. This stuff was just baked into a lot of people's childhoods in the Mountain West, but it is definitely having a moment now. What's funny is growing up, there were shades of this. There was the kind of fundy Mormon version. Your mom made all your dresses and you weren't allowed to say crap. The prepper version, very Ruby Ridge. Or if you read Educated, same vein big time outdoorsy family, hunting, fishing, hiking. And then there were just the people for whom having a 10 by 10 foot floor loom in their mom's sewing room seemed totally normal. Anyway, it seems like all this is having a renaissance, but in kind of a precious way sometimes and that we nailed it. Hey, to come back to barrel racing for a moment, Mm -hmm. do you think that that's where Tough Mudder goes next? Do you feel like barrel racing Mm. can be? I just don't know enough about Tough Mudder to know that there's not already barrel racing in Tough Mudder. It's probably okay. already part of it. Okay. Is what I, I think we're making some assumptions that we're not, <laughs> you know, that we're not from really an uneducated place. Making. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, uninformed place. Yeah. Okay. Understand. Understand. When I posted about covered wagon core on my Instagram, I did hear from a, a woman I was friends with in high school. I hadn't talked to her in so long. And she just replied to the Instagram and said, remember that summer when you made a ton of soap? And I was like, mm, sick burn. Great point. That was absolutely Covered wagon core. Great observation. It was also absolutely just me being deeply depressed. Well, okay, but I I would like to pause for a moment and discuss mm-hmm. the kind of soap you were making because you you I were wasn't making using like, pig fat. No, so, you were not. Or goat's milk or honey. I got all of my supply. No, I did use some honey. I, I got okay. and oats. Oh, you did? Yeah. I oats, that's super covered wagon core. Okay. Okay. I mean, I also did stuff that looked like more like lush. You know, I, first of all, you did I, the log. Did you do the logs with the confetti yeah, chunks in them? Of and course. you sliced it. Yeah. Yes. God, I, but how, I did it all. And you, yeah. you have to understand I was doing it like truly eight hours. I got fired from my nanny job and I early on in the summer, how'd you get so fired? I found homemade porn. And I brought it to their attention because their kid had been the one to surface it. Their kid was like, let me show you my homemade karate video. Pulled a VHS out of the giant basket of VHS films. She was like, let me show you my karate, whatever, exhibition, whatever you do to perform karate. Sure. Put a VHS in. It was homemade sexual content. And I've never told v- you this story. No. Oh, my God. Not. <laughs> and I can't remember. I obviously didn't come right out and say what happened. Or, and like. You just like surfaced that this was around and that the kids saw it. I truly can't remember. Like I addressed it in a really indirect way. And probably the kid also said something shortly thereafter. They were like, we decided that she's just going to go to camp this summer instead or something. And they were just deeply uncomfortable with you being in their home after that. As well, they should have been. (laughs) Correct. Um, Correct. But you did. Okay. You were let go. (laughs) Um, Yes. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there were layoffs. <laughs> layoffs in my nanny shop. 
And and so I had nothing to do for the rest of the summer. It was the summer after, I'm pretty sure it was the summer after graduating high school before going to college. And you have to, I had nothing to do. Obviously, all my other friends had jobs. Eight hours a day, every day I was making soap. So yes, I started with the confetti, but I inevitably moved on to like putting natural exfoliants in and yeah. okay. doing weird stuff. It You started Cottage Went Covered Wagon. Yes, the spirit, well, I... Not even it wasn't even cottage core at that point. It I was started just the lush. soap making trends of yeah, the nineties. Exactly. No, it was like if you if there was a stationary store in a on Main Street in a small mm-hmm. town, they also had nine logs of soap mm-hmm. that you could get slices of, and some of them had like confetti looking pieces. Some of them had like a whole under under the sea theme mm-hmm. going. Like yeah, yes. how, that was an entire aesthetic moment. I absolutely could have had I had the working capital set up a kiosk at the Concord Mall and yeah and started would have had them. the supply you would have the it inventory was, wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> I had one friend who is and continues to be really entrepreneurial and just a hustler and was like Claire we gotta like like let's do this and it was a year or two later that Lush entered the United States in a bigger way. And I remember he was like, see, we should have done this. We should have done this. And I was like, sure. I had to go to college, as did you. I have to be honest and say it was not in the spirit of covered wagon core. It was in the no. spirit of making use of my hands and my time, which were both idle. You know what else right. we heard from another That's friend right. who was very disappointed at us for not referencing 1883, which is a television I show. I barely know what this is. You are forgiven. It. You are forgiven. You've heard of Yellowstone, yes? If for yes. no other reason than because of the Kevin Costner drama. Yes, because Kevin Costner has managed to really get himself <laughs> in the spotlight and hold that that spotlight. So Yellowstone was such a success that they've made multiple series that are prequels to Yellowstone, one of which is 1883, uh-huh. which focuses on the central family from Yellowstone as they join a wagon train undertaking the arduous journey west to Oregon. The Duttons are it's never- It's the Oregon Trail. But no. We're just, the, oh, okay. the Duttons are never on the actual Oregon Trail itself. Before settling <laughs> in Montana to establish rights. what- Because they couldn't get the right. That's right. That's right. Before settling in Montana to establish what would eventually become the Yellowstone Ranch. So our friend is- Absolutely right that this is covered wagon core. I think we could be forgiven for having not included it because who has seen this show? Well, I'm sure I would we'll love hear, to from, hear everyone. from everyone. Yes. I would love to hear from everyone. I, yeah. And like, what is the aesthetic and what are we what are we meant to be taking away from the outfits, the vibe, etc.? I mean, I think we can accept that, yes, covered wagon core is happening as evidenced in part by 1883, one of several prequels to Yellowstone, which honestly we would probably like. It just sounds like romance. I think totally, all, I think totally. this whole show is just romance. Totally. I well because that's what people yeah. want. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much to Fast Growing Trees for sponsoring this episode. You know, one of the things that I really love about fast growing trees, aside from the fact that one, they send you a tree that's going to grow fast and it's also already started growing, and so you feel really accomplished right out of the gate. I mean, they are on top of this whole telehealth for plants thing. And this is something that you may or may not have picked up on in listening to conversations about gardening. I'm not a passionate gardener, nor do I aspire to be. Like I have family members, friends, and even a business partner who's, who really like has some, have some interest in gardening. And I, I love and appreciate the efforts. And I, I, but you love I, plants. You love, I love plants. plants, but I don't like, I'm not dying to learn how. And so they are dying. Yeah, sometimes, but I still want plants around. And so mm-hmm. 
I, I feel the fast growing trees was made for me. They're like, we're going to give it to you already mostly grown, not even like mostly grown, but like half the way. Well, in its way. Well, its way. And we're going to walk you through the process and we're never once make you feel bad about it. We're just here for you. Fastgrowingtrees.com has thousands of easy to grow plants, shrub and tree varieties expertly curated for your unique climate and needs from Meyer lemon trees to evergreens, to shade trees, to everything in between. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants Mm -hmm. around, which is in fact a problem. With Mm -hmm. fastgrowingtrees.com, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. No green thumb, no problem. Fast Growing Trees plant experts are a Zoom chat or phone call away, always available and eager to help. They can even walk you through your entire garden to help solve problems you're having with plants and trees. Plus, fast-growing trees plants experts have specialized degrees and training to help troubleshoot from root to leaf. It's like telehealth for your plants and with fast-growing trees, 30 days, alive and thrive guarantee, you know, everything will look great fresh out of the box. Join almost 2 million happy fast-growing trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash thing or two now to get 15% off your entire order. 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash a thing or two. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I've been having a lot of conversations recently with friends about basically parent parents who could use therapy. Because our parents were not a therapy generation. No, exactly. Exactly. Like they really missed the opportunity. It is one of the most important differences between our generation and theirs. I mean, I don't know if it's the most important, but it feels really it's core. significant. I haven't reckoned with it yet. We have not. And there are a lot of people in their 60s, 70s, 80s who could really benefit from working through some stuff. And I was thinking that BetterHelp obviously is like great entry point for all of these people, but especially the ones who are like, I got to have the new like Apple Watch and I got to like know all the apps and do all the things. The early adopter subset of the boomer generation. That's what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. The ones like transcribe all of their texts to Siri. They like need to know about BetterHelp. They will feel very plugged in and like just with it for using this this service. We will all reap the rewards of them doing this. You know what I mean? I think you're right. And not only do I think you're right, but I hope you're right. I think that this could be, I think that this is an untapped segment for BetterHelp and BetterHelp call us. We can expand the scope of this contract and we can really help you recruit from this generation. I mean, they love an app. They love a, they love a push alert. This is, yeah, this is the way to go. This is the way to go. I think this This is smart. I think this is clever. Listen, if you're thinking of starting therapy, if your parents are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash a thing or two today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash a thing or two. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru. And you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our damn goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Okay, somewhat related to this, another follow-up that we got was about our discussion of the movie Past Lives, which is itself in its way. It's certainly romantic. Mm -hmm. And talking about basically past lives and thinking about your past self and the relationships that you had in your youth and friendships and the the love life Mm -hmm. that you had. And 
we've talked about this on various episodes, once in the context of Jonah Hill. So we have mm-hmm. to move past that <laughs> and make space for some do, other voices God. in this yeah. conversation. Yeah. And so we have two. We have two. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. do it. Well, Joan Didion, um, I trust, will not do us wrong. No, she's well, <laughs> it's never really too late. Yeah. No, it's, it's never too late is the problem. But Nika yeah. pointed out to us in our Geneva that there's a really good slouching toward Bethlehem quote from Joan Didion about this. I think we are well advised to keep on nodding terms with the people we used to be, whether we find them attractive company or not. Otherwise, they turn up unannounced and surprise us, come hammering on the mind's door at 4 a.m. of a bad night and demand to know who deserted them, who betrayed them, who is going to make amends. We forget all too soon the things we thought we could never forget. We forget the loves and the betrayals alike. Forget what we whispered and what we screamed. Forget who we were. So good. You know, on nodding terms is just like, on nodding terms is incredible. You know where I saw this? Austin Kleon is this artist who has a good sub stack and he wrote a post about the, like, what's the point of keeping a diary and used this quote Mm. to support it. Like, this is kind of the point of keeping a diary. Yeah. It also, this quote specifically reminded me of this excellent profile of Ryan Gosling in GQ by Zach Barron, obviously pegged to the Barbie movie. I highly recommend the profile. It was delightful, (laughs) but he's talking about his Mickey Mouse Club beginnings. And basically what the profile sets up is that like Ryan Gosling you know, had these Mickey Mouse Club beginnings, did some bigger movies, obviously, but like mostly sort of was an indie guy and then went away for a while and then came back. And now he's in this giant blockbuster. And what's that journey like? And so referencing the Mickey Mouse Club stuff, he says, I owe that kid a lot. I feel like I was very quick to distance myself from him when I started making more serious films. But the reality is that like, he's the reason I have everything I have, Gosling says. He's been thinking about that kid a lot recently. He didn't know what he was doing or why he was doing it. He was just doing it. And it's like, I owe my whole life to him. And I wish I had been more grateful at the time, you know? He says he spent a lot of time on the Barbie set communing with this younger version of himself who didn't have a clue, but who did everything in total earnestness. I really had to go back and touch base with that little dude, Gosling says, and say thank you and ask for his help. What a nut Ryan Gosling is, first of all, <laughs> referring to his younger self as that little dude. Little dude, that little dude. <laughs> on nodding terms with that little dude. Yeah. Yeah. Go back yeah. and touch base, be on yeah. nodding terms. This section of the profile really left an impression on me because I did, as every as so many people did, find Ryan Gosling's performance in Barbie so remarkable. And was just like, how did he get there? Like, how did he decide that was Ken's personality? Because it's totally. so specific and it's such a choice. And I was like, oh yeah, this actually helps explain for me. No, I one of my friends was like, he is our greatest mouseketeer, like underappreciated <laughs> yes. dark horse. Like who knew yes. our greatest mouseketeer? Yes. Yes. And some tough competition. I mean, the field was deep. Another Ryan Gosling romance. Yeah. Finally. Finally. I, you under duress. I made you. You made me. <laughs> we were on a flight together last week and the notebook was on offer. And you were like, because on a plane, they are like, we will give you every Nicholas Sparks film. Like, yes. this is the form. This is like what you want. We know we will give it to you. The, me not seeing the notebook was like, was not a like, oh, it just never happened type of thing. It was a very deliberate choice because I don't watch sad things. And I especially don't watch sad things about old people because that combination is my kryptonite. But you were like, you, you act, absolutely have to. And I, Made the point to you. I was like, I just saw Barbie and I fell down a Ryan Gosling rabbit hole. I read this profile that made me more obsessed with him. And I fear if I watch the notebook, it's just going to get to unhealthy like Harry Styles levels. Like this feels like kindling in the fire. It says it's not wasn't a log. I knew you weren't going to walk away from the notebook and be like, 
I am obsessed with this man. I just needed you to consume yeah. the content. No, yeah. and to be fair, it did nothing for me in terms of helping or hindering my feelings towards Ryan Gosling. I left feeling about him the same as I felt about him before. Great. It was fine. My, I liked The Notebook probably more than I expected to. I think that is the experience of watching The Notebook. <laughs> That is a universal truth. Like my initial takeaway is the opening credits are insanely long. I absolutely could not believe how long the opening credits are. The thing that happens almost immediately after the opening credits conclude is that E from Entourage comes on screen and you're like, I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) supposed to accept you're here and I'm supposed to accept you as someone just wearing a newsboy cap and working in a lumber yard. I, I don't think that man can be in this movie. He's done nothing wrong by trying to get two acting jobs. Yeah, that's you know? right. No, look, I'm happy for him. He's just, I don't accept it. Yeah. That say I'm a bird scene on the beach. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Grounds for dismissal. I was, that is what I was like, we're done here. However, the other scene, the what do you want scene that yeah. has been memefied into that meme about what, like when you ask your wife what she wants for dinner, that scene was perfect. That scene was made so much richer by the meme. Like I la- I love that meme so much that while watching the movie I laughed thinking about it. That's it, great. it was a moment I you, you know. now have a new experience with the derivative content. Yeah, no that's true. I and, and I also read afterwards that that part was improvised by Ryan Gosling. I mean there you so go. So thank you to him. And then my other big takeaway was that I was like was Noah the original hot furniture maker husband because remember for a while that was the of course, choice the Aiden. profession. Wasn't Aiden the hot furniture Well, so I looked, husband? Aiden predated him by four years. So Aiden was really, truly the original hot furniture maker husband. Interesting. Noah's furniture is pretty good. The chairs are just straight Thomas Moser ripoffs. I was into them. I think I like his furniture more than Aiden's. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. If it, that's interesting. Didn't you also look to, and, and learn that he took furniture making classes and mm, made some of that yes. furniture himself? Yes, I of thought course this was he surfaced did. in your research. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you're right about that. Yeah, yeah um, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. The other thing we talked about after you watched this film mm-hmm. is that the like poor James Marston. He's playing second <laughs> fiddle here. And then this yeah. man thought he was having his moment this year with yeah. Jerry Duty, and then Bam Barbie comes along. And like no, again, I, second mm-hmm. fiddle. No, I truly believe that James Marsden cannot believe that he had his comeback moment this year. And then Ryan Gosling was like, just kidding. I'll do you one more. I'll do you What one is better. their relationship like, I wonder? Great question. But I did surface this W Magazine profile of James that came out recently by Evan Ross Katz, also styled by Ilari Arbonati, which feels important. Mm-hmm. It is like, so there are a couple of like good shots. There's one in this like Harry Styles oversized mm-hmm. green sweater. There's nothing Harry Styles about it except the fact that it's so big and the color green just feels extremely Harry Styles mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And then also him in a mm. jacket from the row with no shirt that is very like, you can take me seriously, but I refuse to. Like it's just. This picture is ridiculous. The pictures in general are ridiculous and I love them. <laughs> and in the interview, this comes up. Mm-hmm. Evan Ross Katz asks, are there projects you've done that were out of sight, out of mind, and then years later, social media brought them back into the conversation? I just want to say, Evan Ross Katz meant the notebook. What else could he be talking about? Enchanted? Like, maybe Enchanted, Enchanted is not- <laughs> Maybe Enchanted. You don't know. Let him answer. You're right. You know? Okay. The notebook is a big one. Now a younger audience is going, she should have been with him, Marston's character. Allie was in a toxic relationship. I completely disagree here. I- she was not in a toxic relationship. She's toxic. 
Like, or her mom's toxic. I didn't think Noah did anything wrong. Or he was just like, I'm here every day for years. Whenever you're Waiting. ready for me, I'll be Waiting. here. Pining. I didn't think it was. I didn't think James Marsden did anything wrong. Pining either, but I think sanding it's, pine. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it was, I thought it was a stretch to call it a toxic relationship. She is kind of nuts at the end. And then her mom fucked everything up, but I don't think she's... With the letters. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Is he the problem? Is he no. the problem? And then Evan Ross Katz says, it's in line with the moment we're living in, where a lot of art and artists are being reexamined and reevaluated through a modern lens. <laughs> and James says, why are you laughing? Sorry, I took a sip of coffee, but it's just a funny thing to say about the notebook. <laughs> People, listen... Art is art, Claire. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I don't I take the notebook as seriously as anything else. I just it to me, it's such an innocuous movie about well, Alzheimer's. There's nothing innocuous anymore <laughs> in culture. Nothing is innocuous. You're right. Best of you're luck. Right. Best right. of luck. So then James Marsden says the notebook was a time where we liked the bad boy. Now we want our heroes to be good guys. I think that's the reason jury duty works. Way to bring it around. <laughs> we weren't doing what we were doing just trying to get Ronald to the finish line. It needed something else to buoy it, which ended up being this really gentle, kind human being. And it kind of surprised me that this very silly and absurd comedy had this touching through line. I mean, I do agree with him about we love a good guy. I just don't think Noah is a bad boy. Like, what what makes him bad? Because he's poor? Like, <laughs> what did he do wrong? Excellent question. Excellent question. I actually haven't seen this recently enough to like argue one way or another, but you did see this last week. And that is, I think, uh, yeah, I don't remember what made him a bad boy. In fact, let me tell you, there is a part late, like in the third chapter of the movie where he is dating another woman who he is very clear with that this is not going anywhere. Like he couldn't be right, more right, honest right, right, with right. her. Right. He's like, this is not, I am not into this in like a real way. We can like yeah. go out and like hook up, but that is what's happening here. And then they have Boundaries. a very touching goodbye. He's on it. Like there's not, yeah. No. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> totally. I would also like to hear from people as to why Noah's a bad guy. Let's, Let's, hear, hear, it. It. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> I think another thing that was important for you to experience in the notebook mm -hmm. is that this is one of the most iconic kissing in the rain mm -hmm. scenes, mm -hmm. which are just like such a thing mm -hmm. culturally, mm -hmm. I feel like. Yes. It is the cover art for this film. Like it is just, which is also apparently a Nicholas Sparks thing because one of the other most iconic kissing in the rain scenes is in Dear John. Nicholas Sparks film starring Channing Tatum and Amanda Seyfried that I've watched on a plane and cried to. Does she, is Dear John, is he, does he play a vet in that movie? He's like away at war and there's like letters being written. We forgot to talk about the war scene in the notebook, which is completely off the rails. Completely. There are war like, scenes does, in like, there are war scenes in most Nicholas Sparks books and movies. Do they like all that. have bodies flying up into the air? And <laughs> I, okay, here's what I will say. I think that they do not have the budgets of classic war films mm -hmm. and okay. thus possibly. Anyway, back to Kissing in the Rain. Yeah, I have an aside, but I think it's important. One of the other like big Kissing in the Rain cultural moments that we mm -hmm. have is Taylor Swift's Sparks Fly. And Hey Steven, she has a number. She the first Taylor Rain. Swift concert that I went to, mm -hmm. the like finale was Should Have Said No and there was pouring rain at the end. This was On a purpose or real? Oh, no, uh, you were uh, on Madison purpose, Square Garden. On purpose. It was a Madison okay, Square yeah. Garden in like 2009. Okay. Pouring rain. And whenever it was like, the, you know, should have said no. And whenever mm -hmm. she said no, they're like the letters N and O were cut out of the rain. Oh, my God. It was incredible. <laughs> like, like nothing. Like the height of production in mm -hmm. 2009, as far as I knew. Just 
incredible. So Sparks Fly, iconic rain song. Is it a Nicholas Sparks reference? Mm. <laughs> like, I just want to, you know, conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Conspiracy no, I theory think this. we can start it. Put one TikTok out. See if it catches. And yeah, uh, we can make it big. See. Yeah. The other thing I would like to nod to is mm-hmm. that because every brand or organization or whatever, whatever is so obsessed with getting in on the discourse, specifically around Taylor Swift and Barbie this summer, the American Heart Association put out an Instagram post that says Taylor Swift sparks fly. Taylor's version has 117 beats per minute. The right tempo for hands only CPR. I think this was wildly irresponsible of them. And here's why. I don't think enough people have a strong enough sense of rhythm and beat to know what that means. And I think staying alive, it's so obvious. And that is why it is the go-to. I think you're going to have people fucking this up left and right. And you're going to have deaths and you're going to have blood on your hands, American (laughs) Heart Association, because you needed to get in on the Taylor Swift discourse. I think it's, I genuinely think it's fucking nuts. Like no, no average Swifty understands the beats per minutes in spark of of this song. I, you know what? I think that is an extremely good point. Someone commented Kiss me on the sidewalk, taken literally. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Oh, but Claire, one thing I wanted to come back to about the fact that like everyone thought this movie was better than it should have been or could Mm -hmm. have been. Mm -hmm. Roger Ebert, we all knew who this is. (laughs) Praise. (laughs) Praise the film. Awarding it. No introduction. (laughs) What is this? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Praised the film, <laughs> awarding it three and a half stars out of four, calling the You know why he subtracted half a star for that fucking war scene? Perhaps, Claire. Perhaps. He called the photography striking in its rich, saturated effects and stated that the actors are blessed by good material. You know what I learned, though, in, like, mm-hmm. in spending a little bit more time with Roger mm-hmm. Ebert? This man is a romantic himself. Yes. And he has his own love story that he like published in his memoir and also, you know, republished on his site. It's called Roger Loves Chaz. I read this whole thing. I had not read the essay, which is wonderful, detailed, a little weird at times and a little like a little dated listening to your dad talk about sex, basically. But it's (laughs) like truly some somebody needs to write a romance based on this. It's really good. It's incredible. It includes the line. She is the great fact of my life, mm-hmm. which it's, I Googled to be like, is that just a saying? No, it is not. We are not saying that he is. No, Roger Ebert was just a great writer, a great writer. Um, everything about it is incredible. It's so all, I also like they met later in life. She had been married, had two kids, was divorced. He points out she's still friends with her ex, which you're like. Look at this. He didn't think he would ever end up with someone like that was like, you know, came as a sort of surprise. It's just it's very charming. All of it. It's all incredibly charming. I loved it. Thank you so much to Indeed for sponsoring today's episode. I have to say one of the things that I constantly forgot as sort of a defense mechanism when we were running of a kind was how hard it was to hire. You would run the program, but it was, it was hard. Even if you have a sea of great candidates, the process is long and it is a full-time job. It It is is, time consuming. It is so time consuming. Indeed has this hiring platform. Okay. The candidates you invite to apply through Indeed's hiring platform are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search and 
according to US Indeed data. They get you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. They do the hard work for you. Honestly, anything that will make the hiring process less grueling, I am absolutely here for. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. You can streamline hiring with powerful tools and find matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data in the US. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash a thing or two. The offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash a thing or two. Just go to Indeed.com slash a thing or two and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash a thing or two. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thank you so much to Weston for sponsoring today's episode. I stayed at a Weston in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And Claire, they had clay tennis courts. Wow. Which like is like the most honor and privilege sort of like tennis experience you can get. Like that is a rare treat. It just felt very sophisticated. I didn't know this. I guess you didn't brag to me because you probably didn't think I'd appreciate how fancy a clay court was. I exact that's exactly mm-hmm. it. I didn't think okay. it would like mean land for you. Mean anything to me. And like, yeah, I like still have such deeply fond memories of all of the wellness that I was getting at that Weston. I'm so glad we got this Western partnership so you could share this information that you were holding back from me because I did want to know. One of our rare secrets. Yeah. Listen, with over 300 destinations around the world, Western hotels make it possible for you to keep up your wellness routine while traveling and sometimes even level up your wellness routine Expand with a clay it. court. Expand it. Yeah. With signature offerings that help you move, eat, and sleep while Western hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance your well-being, you can work out however you want with a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine on track while you're away. You can maintain your focus in their Weston workout fitness studios equipped with state-of-the-art equipment, get moving a group run led by Weston's run concierge, a running guide and buddy who makes it easy for you to explore the local areas. You can customize your workout on the go with Hyperice and Bala products that you can borrow during your stay, which you can have in your room. That's nice. They also have the Weston's Eat Well menu designed with foods that will make sure you meet your nutritional needs. Their chefs have crafted dishes with your well-being in mind. Weston makes it easier for you to continue nourishing your health no matter the destination. And also, let's not forget about the other thing. The heavenly bed. Thanks to this wonderful Weston partnership. The heavenly bed. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Weston. You wanted to talk about stickers and make a case for stickers. I did. Stickers is this episode's corn, I would say. (laughs) Yes. But I don't think I'm alone in this because Mm -hmm. stickers came up recently on thingies. Someone was like, stickers. Stickers are my thingy this week. Mm -hmm. And I do think that you and I even have been dancing around this topic for a while. Mm -hmm. We have talked about our affection for postage stamps and like the new releases. Mm -hmm. Obviously, washi. There's been yes. a broader revival of nail stickers and, you know, that whole thing. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm missing. I feel like I'm we missing included, other citations. Well, we included Vintage Sandy Lion 
on Etsy in the newsletter because yes. what a discovery and mostly just like what a journey to look at vintage Sandy Lion stickers and be like, oh, had that one, ooh, that oily, ooh, that fuzzy. Like we've talked about sticker books and Zany Brainy. That's the other thing. We talked about the sticker book convention at Zany Brainy. Exactly. So basically we needed a moment to talk specifically about stickers mm -hmm. and yeah, Sandy Lion on Etsy, incredible vintage stickers in general, just feel like a real opportunity for us. I need you to click through on sticker archive, which mm. is a very good Instagram account that, that has like the vibe of like the matchbook Instagram mm. accounts where, oh, yeah, this where is the woman good. that's running it, Alex Poes, is collecting an archive of stickers and you DM her to donate stickers. And wow. it is like everything from like, you know, niche brands and stuff to no fear mm -hmm. stickers. It is just, and they're all shot like on, you know, the perfect white, white background, background, all of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, this very, is good. It's very good. Um, it's very, not very sticker good. book stickers. It's more no. brand stickers, decals. Like it's decal stickers. On the back of your car. Although I don't see that one of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes peeing, which feels like it really belongs here. Well, but these are like, I think there's maybe the difference between a sticker and a bumper sticker. Well, I don't but that's know. not a bumper sticker. That's like a sticker sticker. No, that's like a decal. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. This, yeah, this Calvin Klein book shields one. Wow. Really incredible yeah. stuff. There's also on Red, Redbubble this whole 90s stickers category that are not vintage. They're just recreations. Yeah. So like a Blockbuster video sticker mm. or a LimeWire sticker or a Spice a Girl sticker. sticker. I mean, it just, I just feel like it is an, that stickers are an opportunity basically to, like everything right now looks the same, same. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has the same laptops and the same suitcases and the same Kindle and the same, 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 same. And this is a way to to like show some personality for one, yes. but then also to like find your thing. Mm -hmm. like you need to mm -hmm. find it. Mm -hmm. Thomas and I both started stickering our suitcases a few years ago because like those away bags look, everybody's mm -hmm. got the same two colors mm -hmm. or three colors. And when that's in an overhead bin or in a baggage claim, it is very confusing yes. for yes. people. And so we put stickers on them and nobody else does. And I don't know why. My thing about stickers, and I think probably the chief reason I don't do it is because is the same reason you don't wear nail polish. Because when it gets messed up, it drives me nuts. Yeah, And also because I can't help but pick at a sticker, it's like my, yeah, it's you picking your thumb. I can't yeah, totally, not do it. Totally. On yeah. a suitcase, I don't know that I would. But I could see if somebody was making really designy, high-quality stickers that wouldn't get torn off or leave goo or whatever. I'm a little traumatized by having a toddler also because he puts stickers places and then it's like, then the goo gets left and the and the they get torn on, you know, they get messed up. Well, you up. have to have the right kind of sticker. You can't yeah. just be putting like a regular sticker on yeah. your luggage. You can't be putting a sandy line. Yeah, so how are you, on. well, right. So how are you determining what stickers are allowed on your luggage? They're basically like the the bigger plasticky mm -hmm. decal stickers that you're getting at like a, like an airport gift shop okay. kind of sticker or at like a barbecue restaurant in West Texas at the checkout. Okay. Like, you know, like the like mm -hmm. business stickers, not like- mm -hmm notebook yeah. stickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are much sturdier. Mm -hmm. And if you need to peel them off, you could peel them off. Like it's not going to okay. be, um, they're not going to like, they're not going to leave backing. gross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have stickers on my suitcase. I need to start putting stickers on my Kindle because that, that thing, is a like, good idea. That's a very noted. good idea. It's just like this black thing that you put in the bottom of it a bag. It disappears. You, it's, it. you can never find it. 
can never Ever. find it. This is why completely unrelated to stickers, but I finally got a phone case that is brightly colored and now I can find my phone so much easier. This so much I got to do this for my Kindle. Also for the back to the case for suitcases, I need you to see that, like there are all these obviously old Louis Vuitton trunks and just like old trunks in general that, mm-hmm. you know, because people used to put travel stickers on their luggage mm-hmm. and they look really chic with the stickers coming off. They do. I mean, yeah, this is, well, you know, it's the Raffles Hotel in Singapore. There's a, yeah. it's, it's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look trashy no. when they come off. Yeah. So there is that. Uh, the other thing that I feel like is like such a delight that I totally forgot about is there is this device called a Xyron Creative mm. Sticker. So basically you can turn anything into a sticker. Now, this is not for like luggage and things. This would be for stickers, you know, for notebooks or for cam to decorate or whatever. But you basically like anything, like any piece of cut out paper or fabric or whatever, you just feed it through this machine oh, and it puts sticker backer smart. on it. But it doesn't, you don't have to cut anything out. You don't have to that's do anything cool. else. And it's just a little crank thing. Like it's not electric. Yeah, that's cute. Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe Cam wants this. Maybe I'll add um, a list of things Cam wants. When I was in high school and doing a lot of decoupage and cutting up so many Seventeen magazines, my little brother got me this device for Christmas one year. I continue to be so fascinated by the thought. How many gifts he gave you? One. Yes. Well, for Christmas and for Christmas every year, really. And two, the thoughtfulness behind the gifts. Is he still this good at gifts? He's good at gifts. Yeah. He just, I mean, he. Because he would have been in junior high when he gave you this. Yeah. Right. Okay. He also was like a very active 14 year old on the internet. So I think he figured those things out. But yeah, I just felt so deeply seen by being like, wow, you know what I'm doing with my time. And you've like figured out that there is something that would improve my experience. Great gift giver. Great gift giver. Also, because we have to, because this is an episode of this podcast, bring it back to Klutz. Mm-hmm. They have sticker kits now that are like puffy stickers and glow in the dark stickers and gem stickers. And I just, yeah, something about stickers, something about yeah. stickers and self-expression and the very few ways we have to assert our personality on the like sameness of our products at this juncture. You know what I'm liking here? I'm liking huh. something about as opposed to having a moment because I feel like I can buy something about. Also drives totally. with the newest business on Vanderpump is something about her. That's the name of their newest sandwich <laughs> shop. So I'm liking this something about as a, something as about a stickers way of distilling something. Just something about there's just something, something about, about stickers. Stickers. They could be having a moment. There's just something about them. Yeah. Something about stickers. There's something mm-hmm. about stickers. Yeah. Yeah. That's the name is. of our podcast. Something about <laughs> a thing or two. Uh, all right. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com.
note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.